You know, one of the problems or one of the challenges that we face anytime we seek to define something is that we normally don't define something with words in in real life. I mean, I know that you can open the dictionary and you can find all types of definitions, but in real life, when we're really seeking to understand something, we, we typically define something in our mind in terms of images. Let me explain to you what I what I mean by that. When I say the word hippo, All right, when I say the word hippo, what do you think about? More than likely, you're thinking about the animal. You're thinking about the animal in a context of water, and you're thinking about the animal that you saw at the zoo or you saw out on the safari somewhere. Chances are, when I say the word hippo, you're thinking about a picture, and you're not thinking in your mind, you're not thinking this. Well, a hippo is a large, thick-skinned, semi-aquatic African animal with massive jaws and a large tusk. That's probably not what you're thinking about when I say the word dog in your mind probably you're thinking about your favorite dog you're thinking about your pet you're thinking about your childhood pet you're thinking about your neighbor's dog you're thinking about this cute dog with his tongue out and he's wagging his tail you're probably not thinking about a domesticated carnivorous mammal that typically has a long snout an acute sense of smell non-retractable claws and a barking howling or whining voice same thing with an alligator when I I say alligator you're thinking of the animal you're not thinking a large semi-aquatic reptile with broad and short head native to the americas and china you see the reality is when we say that we're going to do this series on peace and we say the first thing that we're going to do is to find peace i really do think that's the most important thing that we could do this morning is to define what we mean by peace but the problem is you and i think in images and oftentimes when preachers like me get up to give a definition, we, we try to define it in such a way that we extract the imagery from it. And I don't want to do that today. I, I, want, I want you to see an image of what peace is as we seek to define it. It's almost like when you get a puzzle, when you get a jigsaw puzzle. You know, uh, on the one side, you have the directions and, and how to put it together. But really what you end up doing is you just look at the picture and you say, okay, I need to make it look like that. And really that's what I want to do today. I want to give you a biblical view, a biblical image image of what peace looks like so we understand moving forward through this series where it is that we're trying to get that's what we want to do this morning and it's a challenge it really is a challenge because there's so many different places in the word of God to talk about peace but first you have this image of peace in the garden of Eden before the fall of man this gorgeous picture of a man and a woman at peace with one another at peace with creation at peace with God just this glorious image of peace we also have this beautiful picture of peace in the book of Isaiah he tells the story Isaiah tells this beautiful imagery of what peace looks like and he says the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together and a little child shall lead them and the cow and the bear shall graze and the young shall lie down together and the and the lion shall eat straw like the ox 
The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all of my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You see, there's so many different places in the word of God that give a a really a, a glorious image of what peace looks like. There's several in the New Testament. You know, you have, in the New Testament, you have the birth declaration where the angels are declaring this beautiful new reality that, that God has wrapped himself in flesh and come to earth, and it means peace and goodwill towards men. There's that beautiful passage of Jesus talking to his disciples, and he says, in my Father's house there are many rooms. And I'm leaving to go prepare a place for you. But if I'm leaving, trust me when I tell you, I'll come back and I'll get you and I'll take you to the place that I'm preparing for you. That is so peaceful. The beautiful imagery of Revelation 21 and 22 where it's all over and eternity begins. And the scripture says that the Lord will dwell in the middle of his people And he will wipe the tears from their eyes and there'll be no more mourning and no more pain and no more suffering. What an image of peace. So this morning as we seek to understand peace and understand what it is, what it means, there's so many different places to look at in the Bible and say this is what scripture holds up to us as an image of peace but I wanted to pick one that might be familiar to you. If you grew up in church or if you've been to funerals, uh, the 23rd Psalm is an important psalm in the life of the church, and it's used frequently at funerals. But this morning, I want to invite you to turn there to Psalm 23, because this morning we're going to allow the imagery of Psalm 23 to teach us what it means to have peace. For the next several weeks, we're going to be talking and thinking about peace and what is biblical peace and how can I have peace and what do I do with peace? What does peace do in my life? What keeps me from peace? We're going to answer all those questions, but this morning, we're answering the question, what is peace? Psalm 23, if you've turned there, we're going to look at it together. This is Psalm 23, six verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, as we open your word this morning, we ask that you would take it and you would do something glorious and redemptive and powerful and life-changing and life-giving in our own personal lives. Lord, we want to explore and discover what it is that you would do in our hearts with this scripture and what it is that you would do in our minds with this scripture. So bless us, Lord, we pray. 
Shape us, Lord, we pray, as we consider what peace looks like according to the 23rd Psalm. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning I want to give you the definition of what I think Psalm 23 shows us by imagery of what is peace. And I'm going to give you this definition from the 23rd Psalm. And then I want to spend my time this morning just walking through that definition. And we're going to make some observations about Psalm 23. And then we're going to end by asking some really important spiritual growth questions for us. So we're going to give a definition of peace. We're going to demonstrate that in the 23rd Psalm. And then we're going to close by some spiritual growth application questions that are designed for you and I to take a next step in faith, to take a next step in the Lord. So the definition this morning that Psalm 23 teaches us about what is peace is this. Peace is journeying through life perpetually and personally interacting with the Lord who provides and protects I want to encourage you to write that down this morning. We're going to have it on the screen for you. But would you write down that definition of peace? Peace is journeying through life perpetually and personally interacting with the Lord who protects and provides. Now, here's why it's important for you to write down that definition. You have an important decision that you have to make. You have to decide whose definition of peace will I adopt in my life? Whose definition of peace will I endorse? Will I believe in? Will I pursue? Will I run after? Will I long for? Whose definition of peace am I going to go with? I want to encourage you to go with a biblical definition of peace. And if we're looking at Psalm 23 this morning saying, what is the image of peace that God's word demonstrates to us? It is that peace is journeying through life in a perpetual and personal interaction with the Lord who provides and who protects We're going to look at four things this morning. We're going to look at this idea of peace being something that we have as we journey through life. We're going to think about this idea that peace is something that comes from our perpetual and personal interaction with the Lord. And we're going to think about the the ideas that peace comes from God as he protects and as he provides So we're going to look at those four things this morning. And the first is looking at the idea that peace is something that we get as we journey through life. And I want you to notice in verse 3 and verse 4 and verse 6, the language indicates that peace isn't something that happens when we stand still or when we hide from our problems or our struggles, or or peace isn't something that we get when we die and go to heaven. Peace is something that we can experience while we're journeying through life. Verse 3 talks about being led in paths of righteousness. There's that journey metaphor. There's that journey theme. There's that journey motif. Verse 4 says, as I walk... Again, there's that sense of journey. Verse 6 talks about goodness and mercy following me. 
So again, that idea that in the Christian life, the Christian life is to be lived as a journey. It's something that we do. It's something that we walk in. It's something that we perpetually are engaged in. And the reason that I think it's important for us to think about that is because we oftentimes adopt this idea that peace is something that we can experience when we detach from what's happening around us. And I want to say to you this morning that I don't think that's a good and biblical definition of peace. Peace isn't avoiding the struggles in our life. Peace is knowing who's walking with us through those struggles in life. And I, and I hope this morning as I read aloud or maybe as you go back today at some point and just read back through the 23rd Psalm, that you will catch that sense of action, of journey, of pilgrimage. Because in every verse of the 23rd Psalm, it's talking about journey. It's talking about movement. And I want you to understand today that you can experience peace even in the movement of life. Specifically, three areas. And I bring these three areas up, number one, because they're in the scripture. But number two, also because oftentimes we don't associate these circumstances of life with peace. And the first, is the, the, the first area of life is in, uh, is in physical exhaustion or physical fatigue. And I want you to notice this in the scripture in, in verse 2. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. Even in seasons of physical fatigue, we can experience the peace of God. Why? Not because of my strength. Not, not because of anything that has to do with me, but because my shepherd is faithful and engages me even in seasons of physical exhaustion. This is what's the good news. This is what's so amazing about this peace that we're talking about this morning is it doesn't depend on external circumstances. In fact, the external circumstances not only doesn't prevent peace, but it causes the shepherd to get directly involved in my life to shepherd me towards peace. Third season, uh, second season of life is in danger. Verse four says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I can walk through danger and not be afraid of the evil that's around me. Why? Because I'm tough? No. Because I'm courageous? No. Because, because I'm not afraid of anything? No, not at all. Because God's rod and staff comforts me. So in physical exhaustion, I can still have peace. In seasons of danger, I can still have peace. In seasons of relationship struggles, I can still have peace. Verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And so this morning, as we think about the definition, that Psalm 23, that image of peace that we have, that peace is journeying through life perpetually and personally interacting with the Lord who provides and protects, 
The first thing that we've wanted to do this morning is to think about peace in terms of the rest that is available to us as we journey through life. You don't have to pause your life to get peace. You don't have to come to the end of your life to experience peace. The psalmist says, when I'm tired and exhausted, when I need to lay down in green pastures and drink from cool waters, the shepherd is there to bring me to peace. The psalmist says that even when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I can have peace because the shepherd is there to guide me. The rod and your staff, they comfort me, meaning I find comfort in the guidance of our almighty shepherd. He says even in the midst of relationship struggles, even in the midst of conflict with other people, I can have peace in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table for me. I want to make this clear. I'm not saying that conflict isn't a big thing. It is from a biblical standpoint, conflict, resolution, peacemaking, those are important concepts that we shouldn't ignore. But the point is this, that there's no conflict that I can have with somebody else that can steal the peace that God has for me. So the first thing that we wanted to do this morning is to talk about the idea that peace is something that we have as we journey through life. It isn't something that we have to detach from life to get. It isn't something that we have to come to the end of a life to get. It's something that as we journey through life, we have. It's also perpetual and personal. And I actually want to go backwards with those two phrases. And I first I want to talk about the fact that it is personal. The very beginning of this psalm begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to notice that it, the psalmist doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. And I want you to notice that the psalmist doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. The psalmist says the Lord is my shepherd. And so part of the key idea of what is biblical peace, it is having a personal relationship with the shepherd, with the creator, with the Lord of lords, and the king of kings. So as we think about the reality that peace is something that we get to experience as we're journeying through life, even in seasons of physical exhaustion, even in seasons of danger, even in seasons of conflict with someone else, I also want you to understand this, that it's something that we receive through a personal interaction with the Lord, the one true living God. Not only is it a something that's personal, peace comes when we have a personal interaction with God on a regular basis. Now, you may be listening to this this morning. You may be watching me, and you may be hearing what I have to say, and you may be looking at the 23rd Psalm, and you may be thinking to yourself, are you crazy? Are you saying to me that I can have a constant fellowship with the God who created the heavens and the earth? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying to you. Psalm 23 tells the story of a human being 
having a constant and personal interaction with God. That is where the joy, that is where the hope, that is where the peace of the psalmist emanates from. It comes from the fact that the shepherd gets involved in the life of the psalmist. In fact, I wrote some notes. I want to read them to you this morning. Some, some spots for you to, if you're making notes, I want to encourage you to, to write these down uh, as we think about God being a God who interacts with people. I think this is important because oftentimes we think about God being this great grandfather figure that lives in heaven and really can't be bothered by human beings. But every now and then, if you just yell loud enough and if you dance the right way and you impress God enough, he'll do you a favor. And I want you to understand this morning that that is so far from the biblical concept of who God is. The God of the Bible is intricately involved in my life and your life. And so when we talk about peace being what happens as we journey through life personally and perpetually interacting with the Lord who provides and protects. That word interacting with is a really important word. Listen to this from the scripture. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me. You anoint my head with oil. Do you know what those phrases have in common this morning? They describe interactions with God. For some of us this morning, not in the psalm, right now in this very moment, for some of us, our faith is empty, dusty, stale. Not because the Christian faith isn't true, but because we're not having these type of interactions with God. What is peace? Peace is personally interacting with the God who made us. That's peace. And it's hard to really define that. It's hard to put precise and exact words with that, which is why I wanted the image of the 23rd Psalm to illuminate for us a picture, an image of peace. And I think it does it perfectly. This constant and perpetual interaction with God as though he were shepherding us in a loving and interactive and hands-on way. Beautiful picture of peace. 
So we've talked about journeying through life. We've talked about the fact that that peace hinges on a personal and perpetual interaction with this God of heaven who made the heavens and the earth. There are two words left that I want for us to look at this morning before we ask some personal growth, spiritual questions of ourselves. And one is provide and the other is protect. Those are the two things in this psalm that we see the shepherd provide and do for the psalmist. And I would argue this morning that whatever definition of peace you would embrace and adopt and live by, they need to have these two concepts. The shepherd is the one who provides. The shepherd is the one who protects. I want to look at these for a moment, if you would. So go back, if you would, and look in Psalm chapter 23. And I would specifically want to list for you three things that God provides for the psalmist. The first is rest. He restores my soul. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside steel waters. The Lord provides rests for me. May I ask you when the last time you rested in Christ has been? When's the last time you really rested in the Lord? Maybe this whole global pandemic has caught you by such surprise and it's taken you who might be a normally a very confident, theologically, spiritually secure person. Maybe you find yourself right now in a season where you've never been before. Maybe you're living in fear. Maybe you're living in stress and maybe you're living in anxiety and you've, you've never been there before and you don't know what to do to get out of that. I remind you that one of the things that the shepherd provides for us is rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. As I think about peace, I think about the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus, giving me rest. And a rest that the world cannot steal and a rest that does not depend on external circumstances, but a rest that is found in interacting with a living God. The Lord also provides direction. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The psalmist, again, I know I mentioned this a moment ago, but let me just say it again here. The psalmist is confident that the Lord, the Lord who is the good shepherd, is not only going to provide rest, but in the moment when they're walking through that valley of the shadow of death, that the Lord is going to guide them. Maybe you're struggling with that right now. Maybe you're in your own relationship conflict or economic conflict or health conflict. 
Maybe there's stuff going on in your life that nobody even knows about except for you and God. You're thinking to yourself, what do I do next? I've got to figure this out. And, and you need the peace of God. You need to not only hear that scripture, but you need to experience it. Yes, Lord, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear evil because you are my guide. Peace is journeying through life with personal and perpetual interaction with the Lord who provides, who provides rest and provides guidance and provides goodness and blessing and mercy. The psalmist says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You notice what it doesn't say? And let me go spend my life chasing goodness, chasing mercy, running after these things. No, for the person who has the peace that comes when you are walking and interacting with the good shepherd, you don't have to chase goodness. It follows you. You don't have to chase mercy. It follows you. That is the good news of living in the kingdom is that if you will seek after God, the good stuff will follow you. And I know in a time like this, If you are struggling with health, if you are struggling with relationships, if you are struggling with finances, it can be a difficult thing to wrap your mind around because you can only see the struggle in front of you. But my friend, I say to you this, when you have the biblical peace, the peace that comes from journeying in life with the Lord, the good shepherd, These things are provided for you. Rest, goodness, mercy, direction. I'll say this, and then we'll talk about these three important spiritual growth questions for me to answer, for you to answer. But the Lord not only provides, but he also protects. He says in the scripture, The psalmist says that the Lord guides through the valley of the shadow of death, through intense danger, through difficulty, through unknown circumstances. The rod and the staff, the direction of God comforts me. What does that mean? It means in a season of unknown, you can rest in comfort. Not because you know what the next thing is, but because you know that you are following the design and the path that God has laid out for you. You see, the psalmist doesn't say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid because I'm tough. He doesn't say I will not be afraid because I know what's next. He's saying I will not be afraid because it is God who is guiding me. I am comforted in the knowledge that I don't have to know. God knows. And I don't have to have the strength. God has the strength. God is the one who protects. He provides 
and he protects. And not only does he protect, but he has this abundance, even in a season of conflict. Now, I want you to understand, again, I, I mentioned this before. Let me just say it again. I am not underselling the importance of relationship conflicts in our lives. They are a big deal. And we don't need to ignore them. We need to follow the biblical advice on how to manage these conflicts in our life. But did you hear what the psalmist said? God, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, in the very ones who want to see me fall, and the very ones who would do me harm, and the very ones who would strike out in violence against me. You prepare a table for me. You let me sit down and relax in the presence of the very ones who want to see me fall. That is peace. When I'm exhausted, you bring me peace. When I'm in danger of the unknown, you bring me peace. When I'm in the presence of people who want to see me fall, you bring me peace. If he can do that, he can bring peace into your life with whatever you're facing right now. To our healthcare workers that are watching this, our professionals who are on the front line, may you find this peace in your exhaustion and in the face of the unknown. May the good shepherd bring peace to your life. To those of you in family units in which you're not accustomed to spending this much time together and the family dynamic is starting to fracture and splinter and conflicts are starting to pop up, he can bring you peace. To you who are watching this this morning by yourself, feel isolated. You're struggling with the sense of being alienated from the rest of society because you live alone. He can bring you peace. The point that I want to make this morning is that in this very unique time of history in which we find ourselves. Our God is big enough to bring us peace. The 23rd Psalm establishes and declares that. Exhaustion, unknown, conflict, through it all, the shepherd brings peace. Now I want to close this morning by asking you three questions. The first question is, do you agree with this image of peace? Here's why that's such an important question. If your definition of peace is different than the definition of peace that God has made a commitment to, then it is inevitably going to be true that at some point in your life, you are going to feel let down by God. 
because he did not bring to you your definition of peace. What I need you to understand is he never made the commitment to your definition of peace. His commitment is to be your good shepherd. And that means that there will be times where you need to be forced to lay down and rest. And that may not feel like peace to you. But it is. And the reason this is such an important question for you to answer this morning, because if you have a different definition of peace than the one that the scripture demonstrates, there's going to come a point in your life where you're going to feel like God let you down. And you're going to walk away either thinking God is against you or God doesn't exist or that you don't want to have anything to do with the Christian faith because God failed you. I just want to be clear that sometimes we blame God for letting us down to expectations that he never agreed to. He agreed to be our shepherd. But if your definition of peace is not the biblical definition of peace, there will be a time where you will feel let down. And I think it's important for you to hear and answer the question this morning. Do I agree with the biblical image of peace? Second question. Are my interactions with the shepherd full of struggle? Or do I yield to the shepherd? Are my interactions with the shepherd a struggle? Or do I yield to the shepherd? You know... When our kids were small, two of the three absolutely, literally hated nap time. Listen to me. When I tell you they hated nap time, they hated nap time. That's one of the paradoxes of life is that by the time you become an adult and you can appreciate nap time, you don't get it anymore. But when you're young, you get to have nap time, and you can't stand it. And I have this child, and this child, when we said it's time for your nap, this child would wail and yell and scream and carry on. Why? Because this child was exhausted. And the thing that this child needed the most is the thing that this child was fighting the most And when we try to enforce upon this child rest, oh my goodness, how the war began. I just want to ask you the question this morning. When the Lord brings you to green pastures and says, lay down, do you fight him? When he brings you beside steel waters and he says, drink, do you fight God? When he begins to work in your soul to restore you, do you fight God? You see, I've discovered, and this may be just a part of me, and maybe you don't struggle with this, but oftentimes I not only want God to work in my life, I want God to work in my life the way I want God to work in my life. And so according to me and my plans, God, you are welcome to work in my life, but don't bring any outside agenda No, that's not how God works. He is the shepherd. I am in the flock. He determines what's best. 
He determines when I need to rest, when I need to move. And, and in my interactions with the shepherd, I have to be careful that I'm in a yielding position to him, not in a struggling position with him. Here's why. Because if you're in a season of exhaustion and you begin to wrestle and struggle with the shepherd, you will only become more exhausted. You will not become rested. You will not experience the peace. You will feel exhausted. So the first question that I think is important is, do I agree with the Bible's image of peace? And the second question is, are my interactions with the shepherd full of yielding and submissiveness, or is it filled with struggle? The third question is this. Do I have a personal relationship with the shepherd? You know, that first verse that we looked at this morning said, the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that this morning? Can you say that the Lord is my shepherd? You might be able to say the Lord is Pastor Zach's shepherd. And you might be able to say that the Lord is the shepherd to the elders of the church. And you might be able to say that the Lord is the shepherd to the fellowship. But can you say this morning, the Lord is my shepherd? Oh, how that is the first step, my friend. This morning, I invite you to make sure that as we're studying peace, you understand that the most important step of my life and your life is that the shepherd be personal to you. That you be able to say that the Lord Jesus is my leader, my shepherd, my Lord, my Savior, my King. Because if you can't say that, if you can't say there's been a time in my life where I surrendered myself to Jesus and said, Lord, I want to come into your flock and I want you to be my shepherd, you need to do that this morning. That is of eternal significance is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please don't let this morning pass without you making sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, for those of you who have that relationship, I want to challenge you and I want to exhort you. Don't fight the shepherd. It can be our tendency it can be our tendency to decide that we know best what we need in our life. And if the shepherd doesn't do what I want the shepherd to do, then I'm going to be mad at the shepherd. And when he tries to put his hand on me, I'm going to bite at it. And I'm going to struggle with the shepherd. Listen, you are only exhausting yourself. Yield your life to the leadership and the safety and the provision of the shepherd. Would you bow with me? I know this morning it might be strange in your living room. Maybe you're pulled over, you're at your, in your car. Maybe you're at your dining room table. You're not at a place where you might normally pray. 
I want to ask you to literally bow with me right now and close your eyes with me in prayer. I ask you these three questions again. Do you agree that Psalm 23 gives us a picture of peace? Do you yield or struggle with the Good Shepherd? And do you have a personal relationship with the Lord as your shepherd? This morning as we get ready to pray, I would just say to you that if you're ready to make the Lord your personal shepherd, I want to talk with you individually. I know that's difficult to do right now, but I would love for you to reach out by phone, by email. I want to talk with you if you are ready to step across the threshold and say, I want Jesus to be my personal Savior, to be my personal Lord, to be my personal good shepherd. Lord, I pray for those who are worshiping with us this morning who are in that spot where they are ready to not just know about the flock of God, but they are ready to become a part of the flock of God and allow you, Lord, to be their shepherd, their good shepherd. And in the interactions that we would have together as they begin to grow in faith, I pray for them. And I pray for my conversations with them as we talk about what's next as they come into the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now in the name of Jesus who are struggling with that question of whether or not they yield to you or whether or not they struggle with you. And Lord, as we launch into this series on peace and we allow the 23rd Psalm to teach us what peace looks like, I pray that we would have the ability this week to take a breath And realize that in the middle of whatever it is that we're walking through, we can have peace. You offer peace to your people. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.